0: You are listening to the Africana Woman Podcast. I am your host, Chulu. Every week, I ask an Africana woman to invite us into her home to give us a snapshot into what happens behind her closed doors. I hope you will join me on this journey of discovery, revelation and self-awareness. I'm not going to lie, it may become uncomfortable sometimes. However, I encourage you to push past your unease and challenge yourself to think differently. The simple act of expanding yourself to receive the unknown may be transformational for you. Dear African parents, how long will you continue to pretend that your children do not have feelings? that your children do not know what is going on in your house how long will you pretend that your children are having romantic relationships only when they are much older I mean seriously our culture acts like relationships only begin in university but that is far from the truth Like with anything, if we don't train our children how to value themselves so as they're able to assert boundaries in a romantic relationship and how to practice healthy conflict resolution, they will not build the muscle. That's why so many men and women enter marriages broken and unprepared for the complexities of two people combining their lives. Today, we have a very powerful story that is shared by Natasha Kananda. Trigger warning there is a reference to suicide. So, if you're not in the space to hear about that, I suggest you pass on this episode for the time being. So, Natasha Kananda is a third year law student whom um, was my co-host for a live event that was hosted by University of Lusaka. She tells us her life story and she may be young, but she has been through a lot. Not to reveal too much, I would just love for you to listen to her story and really think about what are the young people in your life going through but are not telling you they become really good at hiding it from you then also consider what would you do as an adult in this situation so here is my conversation with natasha I am so excited to welcome Natasha Kananda to the Africana Woman podcast. This lady is phenomenal. So welcome, Natasha. I am so glad you said yes to being on the podcast.
1: Thank you.
0: All righty. So I didn't want to say too much about your story, but I would love for you to tell us Tell us a little bit more about you. So we know that you are a law student in your third year. And, but we want to know, you know, how did you get to where you are today?
1: So should I start like generally my life and how I got to where I am today? Or maybe I should focus more on how I got to third year. I just want to be sure what I'm answering. I want you to talk about your personal life. Okay. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm an only child, yes, only girl, uh, raised by my grandparents. Both my parents are dead, lost my mom when I was four, five lost dad when I was 18, in 2018. So it's been very challenging, it's very difficult, at least because you, you can see that I don't have siblings, so I don't have anyone I can talk to really, it's because everyone is older So finding people you can talk to is extremely difficult. So you then tend to look to your friends. But then what I've learned thus far is, you know, if someone isn't really going through what you're going through as well, it makes it very difficult for you to get the right um, form of advice when it comes from your friends. So it's been a very big challenge as to who will I run to, who will I talk to in as much as mom has been there. So it's been a lot of, I've broken down a lot. It's it's been crazy. It's really been crazy. Like it's not the easiest thing. Growth, this adulthood thing is difficult. It's it hard. Too much. It really is. Yeah, I
0: am so sorry to hear about the loss of your parents and at such a young age. Um, you know, the relationship between a a you know a mother and a young woman and you know and a daughter is so important, and for you to have lost your mom at such a young age must have been uh, so challenging in different forms emotionally and you know just wanting somebody there to be you know to guide you through the process of becoming a woman. Just talk to us a little bit more about. You know, what do you remember about your mom?
1: Okay, from my memories and maybe a few things that I've actually heard, my mom was very, she was a very strong woman, really. She dealt with a lot of things and she, she didn't quit. She, she was very chilled. She was very, very calm. I'm quite the opposite of her, actually. But she was a very, very sweet, very, very, very sweet lady and very hardworking as well. She got things done.
0: So what was your relationship like with your your father then?
1: My dad and I were not close. Um, He lived on the farm and I was with my grandparents from my mommy's side, which is like here in Roma. So we were not close. We rarely spoke. When I was younger, I was literally forced to go to holidays to go and see pups because I didn't get why I needed to go and see someone who I didn't really have that kind of a relationship with. But My grandparents urged me to, you know, like, that's your father. There's nothing you can do about it, but just love and accept him. I didn't want to do that. So when I got older and I could almost make decisions for myself, it became worse because then I wouldn't go and see him. So we're just not the best of friends, but we tried, but we, we were just not close.
0: Mm-hmm. But do you remember when you were living with your with both parents, or did
1: you ever live with both parents? What was that like? <laughs> I do remember. Um, if my memory serves me right, my dad used like my dad has always been drinking. So you know there were times he'd come home, he's drunk, and my mother is just there, being the sweet lady that she is, trying to be there for her man. But then he was just Eric, really. It's it's not arguing. It's something else. I remember one memory when I was super, super young. We were living, it should have been in um, Yumba, Yumbayanga. And he, he, he went out and then he came back this one night. And, you know, he was drunk, so he was banging on the door so hard and wanted to come in. And, yeah, he just hit the window and the glass broke. And I remember a piece of glass got into my mom's eye. And I always remember that memory, like, okay, so that man, what were his thoughts? And, you know, I, I felt really, really, really bad. Another memory was I had gone to see my grandparents and my mom, like, dropped me, like, in the afternoon. And then in the evening, she had come back and everyone told me to leave the room. And then everyone went in the room like she was crying. And I would ask, like, okay, what's going on? But then everyone thought I was too young get an explanation. But I kind of heard, I think they were in an argument. And when I even went home, like the little garden we had, there was like a mark that someone had actually fallen there. And when I would ask, no one would say anything tangible at the time. But when I got older, they did at least own up to the fact that my parents would fight and whatnot. So it was, my dad was really, really something.
0: Mm.
1: So he was... Um
0: he would drink a lot and then also be physically
1: abusive. I'd say so, only when he was drunk, because when he was not drunk, very, very sweet person. It's mm. just that we didn't, we didn't connect. Mm. Mm.
0: So, uh, w- w- tell us a little bit about the time, around the time when your father passed on. You know, what was that? Um,
1: Experience like okay, so my dad died in 2018, the year I got into the year I got into university. So, like I said, my dad was just not present. So my grandparents, both on his side and my mom, took up the responsibility of raising me and taking me to school. So when I finished my grade 12, that was 2016, 2017, um, results were out. So I was supposed to be in the January intake. Unilas. So I did um, sign up in the school of uh, economics as per his guide, and he really would assure me that that was like November, December. No, I got you. We're going to get through this thing together. Like I suck at math. I hate math. I am pathetic in math. But here he was telling me to go and do economics and whatnot. So I was like, okay, okay fine. If he's going to be there, then I guess I guess I can. So. January came. Unfortunately, I couldn't get into school. My grandmother had just communicated that she was not going to manage to start paying at that time. So February came, schools opened. I wasn't able to start school. I was so hurt. Like, oh, my God, I was supposed to go to school, but then it's not happening. And then on the and then, is this me forgetting the dates? Oh, my God. On the second day, in fact, 60th, rather. I'm so sorry. On the 6th of February, Or rather, before then, I had already started drinking because I was so frustrated. All the friends I had at the time, I started drinking. So I was drinking at this time. I remember it was on a Sunday and my grandmother got a call from my grandmother to say my dad was not acting fine. And honestly speaking, I was just like, it's one of those things. He probably wants attention and whatnot, but... We didn't take it seriously. And my mom was telling me, can you come back home? Come back home. And I was out having fun with my friends after church, And I was like, oh, God, this man will not stress me. So I went home and she explained to me, no, the dad says that he's saying things and what, what, what. I was like, okay, it's probably the alcohol. So let's not stress too much. Then I called my pastor and I told them that, no, that is not fine. So the plan was that we were going to make a date and go and pray. So I was Sunday. Monday came, my grandmother, his mom, the priest had gone home, so he was seemingly fine until the 6th came. That was a Tuesday. And we got a call in the morning and my grandmother came to tell me that, no, your dad has, has died. And it just didn't make sense. Like, this is someone who was okay, not acting fine, but then he was fine. So like, what what happened? So in that moment, I was trying to put one plus one, like, how has this man died? Because he's definitely not sick. What could have been the problem? And I think 30 minutes later, my mother, my grandmother came back and said, no, he killed himself. And I was like, well, makes sense. Typical of him to do, just leave me. And I, I was really in silence at that point. And I texted my friends to say, no, dad has died and most of them just thought I was being angry like no don't say that I'm like no I'm I'm serious The, the man is gone and that's when my friends knew that okay this is bad and I still didn't feel anything I was emotionless at that point like I didn't know whether to cry whether to be upset I was just mad so I was quiet went to the funeral house People were crying. I'm looking at them like, "What are you crying about?" Because this is someone who was literally stressing your life, technically. So why are you all acting sad? So that made me even more angry. You know, this whole issue of relatives just coming up and acting like they care and support when things are bad, and when it passes, they're not there. So I wasn't having it. And then we buried, and then it started to hit me really, and I ran to the bottle. I didn't want to face reality. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to make the people at home feel bad because I felt like everyone was throwing a pity party for me. It broke my grandparents to see me, like, okay, now both of them are gone and you know there's that thing for we see your parents through you. So I just didn't like to deal with that. So I'd always just rather wake up in the morning, go and drink, come back home, do what I need to do, sleep. That was literally my routine throughout until when I went into university it was it was crazy
0: yeah that sounds yeah. it sounds very very um traumatic um i think I, I i you know you said you you were drinking um you started drinking before the you know your father passed on so tell me more about why were you drinking what was the the motive behind the drinking because you know afterwards you said yeah I really went to the bottle but then before that you had already started but and I also want to know you know were your grandparents or you know anybody seeing you drinking did
1: they show any concern okay my grandparents really do care a lot so I had to not make it obvious that I was drinking so it wasn't Really evident until later, later on. That I, I, I mean, if I if I was gone, I was gone, and it would really break my mom. And she would try and talk to me. You can't do this. You can't be doing that. But then, first thing is when I was, when I was in grade, when I was when I was in primary school, rather, when I was in my seventh grade, I was quite fat, very dark, and I had bad pimples when I was in a grade. Six, grade 5, five, six, seven. my face was bad. And, you know, my friends were, you know, looking cute and whatnot. So I really thought I was this ugly girl who's been placed with these very pretty females. So I was very insecure about myself. I didn't like the way I looked. I never took pictures when I went out with my friends. I didn't do any of that. So when I was in like seventh grade, I, this is when I had my first boyfriend. And this girl was like about seven years older than me. And he was like the only person who ever seemingly accepted me in that time. And I was like, okay, this is going to work. And because I've always not kept things to myself, I remember telling an auntie of mine and she was like, you know what, you're going to put this boy in trouble because he's older and you're younger. But you know, there was a sense of acceptance that I felt with him, but he really wasn't the best person. I should never have met that guy but I think everything happens for a reason. But no, I didn't need to meet him, but I did. And it was just rough. He exposed me to a lot of things that I generally didn't, like, entertain, you know? You know, like the sexual side of life and what, what, what. Those are things that my mother told me. Don't hug boys, don't touch them, don't let them touch you. But then these are things that he would talk about and because I also didn't want to lose him, so I would start to entertain a few things. So, you know, I said, like, Compromising my boundaries, and this went on for the for as long as I was with this guy, and I was like to like grade 10 until I said, Mm-mm. "This is not it." So, so even that grade
0: seven
1: to grade ten, yes, I was with the same Three years. boys. Okay. Then, in grade eight and nine, I started having a few other issues at home. I think they're a little too sensitive for me to bring them forward, but yeah, there was a lot of drama that was going on. On at home, and it really did affect me that even my grades at school started going down. So, there's first, you don't have your mom, your dad is not present, things are falling apart at home. Here's this stupid boy in your life who is not doing anything positive for you. And then my grades started to drop. At this point, I was just thinking there's something wrong with me because mm-mm. so I actually thought I was even down. Until grade nine, that must have been grade nine, one of the school sisters found me in class and I was looking so unkept and she called me out and said, you're not serious. I'm taking you back to grade eight. And I said, you can't do that because I can't go back because I talk too much in this school. Leola at me. And so I opened up to her, I was like, okay, look, this is what's going on. I've got this to do at home. This is how I feel. And then there's this boy who's just exposing me to so many things I don't want to be exposed to. And she was like, okay, you know what? You can't care over, milk. Concentrate, focus. And that's the word I literally carried with me. And that's how I even made it to me. But my performance wasn't so good. So I even had to change schools by the school standards. I went to a less good school, but it's an amazing school, I must say, after going there. So I then went to Monali Girls and then I had to let go of this boy. So I was dealing with my first heartbreak on top of everything. And at this point, I I was still a sensible child. I knew alcohol is bad. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. And I carried it with me. But then the biggest issue in my life at the time was home and I just didn't know how to deal with it. So what was going down or what was being affected at the time was my school. Till grade 12, I had to move from home because the situation wasn't conducive for me to even write my exam. Then I went to my other grandfather's house. That's how I managed to write my grade 12 exams. So after grade 12, I met another guy. And now I'm just like, okay, this time I have reached. I have made it. Now he used to drink. And because he was so much fun, it was, oh... Do you drink? And if I say no, you're being boring. But, you know, my character is I'm loud I'm bubbly. So I, I guess one drink wouldn't hurt. So I started with punch. I liked it. I started with cider. Then I moved to ciders. I started liking it. The body started accepting. Then we went to vodka. We went to whiskey and everything. There's nothing I couldn't drink. So I just started constantly finding myself with this guy as well. So I was always exposed to the alcohol. So every time I had a problem in my head, I'm like, you know what, problem, let me just go drink, have fun. Problem, drink, have fun. So because home wasn't fun to be, I always had to be out. I was never home. I was either visiting my friends or I was going to be chilling with this guy. So that's how I was always drinking, always drinking. So I was with this boy 2017, 2018. So that's how I started drinking. So by the time dad was dying I had all the access to the drinks so I was now just don't stress me let me just drink bring the bottle here this is my best friend so uh, it was at my disposal so that's all I could do I was just drinking really until I think a birthday that must have been September if I'm not mistaken I I went home yes it was September it's my birthday month I went home and I was really really drunk And my mom literally sat me down and she was like, Natasha, this is not what it means to grow up and this is not how people deal with their problems. But I was really feeling like, okay, you don't understand what I'm going through because I always have to act fine and whatnot. So I just said, no, mommy, I'm I'm sorry. I'll try and do something about it. So she's equally not stressed. So I just got better at hiding it when I was with my parents. So they really wouldn't know if I'm drunk or not because we drank so much that we would be fine after drinking so many bottles that I will just go home and I will just act fine do what I need to do and go and sleep and I would do the same thing the next day and the next and the next
0: Sis, are you like me? I literally live by my calendar. If it's not on there, it does not exist, nor does it happen. But quick question, are you on your calendar? I don't mean all the activities that you do for and with others. I mean, do you have a day that is all about you? Not babies, not bae, not work, or anything else that keeps you busy. I'm asking you to be your own bay. So one day a month, Africana Women will host in-person events in Lusaka that give you permission to practice self-love. This is not just another networking event, you know, restaurants and cocktails. No, darling. Instead, we're partnering with local businesses to give you unique experiences like paint and sip, a ladies' hike, or a body positive dance class. Like, you do not want to miss this. So come on then, join us, sign up today, be your own bae. Find the link in the show notes or go to africanawoman.com. Now back to the conversation. So do you think um, your relationship or lack thereof with your father affected
1: the way you view men? Yes, it did. Or it does, rather. Because I feel... The first man I was ever exposed to was bad, and then the other man I'm exposed to is my grandfather. And like he's so sweet. And there are two different men. There's just the bad one, and then there's the good one. And then you look at the guys that I've met in in this society, or the guys I've been exposed to, and most of them just act bad, and they all you know touch a piece of my dad. If if it's not that he's drinking, he's not there. And I was just asking myself, this is this how guys are? And then sadly, I was even in a relationship where a guy had the audacity to hit me. At what age? I was, I must've been 17, I was 17 years old. So did you
0: tolerate it? What? How did you react?
1: The thing is, um, when I met this guy, I feel like he was the second person I was with after the whole drama of the first guy. And he was very, very chilled. But he wasn't... He was, he was a nice person, I suppose. But I just don't think I got into that relationship because I wanted to be... He was just available. And it just felt right for the moment. Because, you know, you, know, you look for love in all the wrong places. And anything that comes... I would settle. So that's how I ended up with that guy. So the thing is, when the guy who now made me start drinking like an idiot came into my life, I was with the other guy. So I just wasn't being able to manage the other side and the other side. And I was asking myself, what do I really want? Because I felt happier on the other side because it also came with no judgment. I felt like I wasn't judged on the other side. And then there was him who wanted me to be some form of this perfect girl who doesn't make any mistakes. So even to just be open about certain things, I couldn't. So I started talking to the other guy. So when he found out, he got so mad. And then he he really did hit me. He did. He hit me, hit me. hit me, hit me. And I was thinking, okay, I messed up, I guess. So I went home and I asked my mom, I'm like, mommy, on what circumstances is it okay for a man to hit the woman? And she was like, there's, There's no justification for that because let's assume you marry this boy, any small thing you do, he'll be beating you because why is he hitting you? So I was like, okay, but what if you're wrong? And she was like, if you're wrong, people talk about these things. There's so many ways in which you you deal with certain things. And I said, okay, fine. I called other boys and I was like, what do you do in such a situation? And that's when I said, you know what? Mm -mm." Because, you know, the moment I would be with him and he moves his hand. The first thing I'm going to do is that A, hey, they could hit me. And I was like, you know what? I can't be dealing with this. I am too young to be for a boy to come and hit me. And I was like, no. That's how I officially walked out of the relationship. I was like, this doesn't serve me. You will do this in future because you've shown me that you came now. I would have, I would understand, I guess he was sorry, but I just don't think it was okay for me to stay. So that's how I officially left him and I was with the other person. Which wasn't even a relationship, it was an entanglement, for lack of a better term. To yeah, to I to. know
0: all about entanglements, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> so let's set the scene here. So you at 18, well, 18, 19 years old, you've lost both parents. Um, you're drinking heavily. You've been in...
1: Sorry? By the time I'm 18, 19, I'm even in
0: school now. Yeah. So, and then you've been in two relationships, which has been one abusive, um, I think emotionally and, you know, physically and even just the peer pressure of it all. Um, Yeah. So now I want to know, what was it like you know, moving from high school now into university and, you know, you're drinking and, you, and in your own words, you said that you became better at hiding your emotions. So what emotions were you hiding? How were you adjusting to this new environment in your university? Okay,
1: so I had a grandfather, he's late now. I lost him in January this year. So when I was in grade twelve, he would always he was he was a father. He was so present. He even actually made me be, uh, was he helped me become more open to the things I had actually experienced when I was in high school because I didn't tell my parents. And he told me, if you don't tell them that this happened to you, they will always talk to you in a manner as though it never happened, and it would break you every time. So I had to be open with my parents about certain things that like this happened, this happened, and that's why I'm like this because I, I was a very angry child as well. So he always told me, when it comes to boys, 365 days, it only takes one day for everything to get messed up, and that's me getting pregnant. So I carried that one with me on the first day of school. I said, here, all these boys are my brothers. I'm not here for a relationship. I'm here for school, and I'll be fine. So when I got into my first fest, it it wasn't so bad, but it was difficult because now those boys all over, And I had friends also, and I was seeing people do different things. But then the good thing is I was coming from home, so I was almost controlled, so I had to report back home. So it was not so bad. But then what was difficult is being this bubbly person at school, very confident, oh, my God, Natasha talks too much. She's coming from a rich home. She's got the perfect life because that's what people see with their eyes. But you don't really know what's going on behind the makeup, the clothes and whatnot, so it was it was really difficult. Like I was breaking inside. Like okay, this thing happened to me a few months ago, and and I don't know how to deal with it. But I have to get stuff done here, so I'm going to do just that. So I had friends. So you know, you 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 have friends, you're happy. But someone Natasha, does- when you're saying this
0: thing, you're talking about your your father passing on, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So how did that make you feel? What are the emotions that were behind that?
1: I really just felt like he left me. And you know, the fact that he promised he would be with me through the school experience really broke my heart. But I couldn't even do the economics. I signed up for law. So even when I was sitting in that class, it was always in my mind like I would have been doing something else. Dad promised to be here and he's not. And, you know, at school, you've got people talking about their dad. Dad's going to pick me up. Dad's going to do this. Dad, dad, dad. And I'm just like, well, mine left me because I really thought whatever he was dealing with, that was not the solution, but he did it anyway. So I really just thought if my father can leave me, anyone else can, because probably I'm not worth living for. So I was very, I would always think about it and it just affect me, but I couldn't show it to anyone. Because also do you want to make people at home feel like they are not trying or maybe I don't appreciate what they're doing? I really do and I really did. But then the fact is that my father, he left me and it was burning in my heart at the time. So I had to be chilled, you know, Even when I'm having conversations with my friends, then I hear someone say my father irritates me or people who were in almost similar situations with mine, and I'm looking at them like, you know what, that's your dad, just love him, you don't know what he's dealing with, and they'll be so stubborn about it, it would break my heart because I'm like, look, I would have loved to be in your shoes right now, but then I can't because I lost mine, so it was difficult, so I always had to act happy because that's, that's who I portrayed myself as being at school, a very strong girl who's unshaken, you can't tell me anything, I've got this, but in reality, no, that girl went home and she cried herself to sleep, woke up the next day, put on the mascara and the lipstick, and did her hair, and she went to class, answered the questions. But I was it was not easy. It really wasn't. That's where I met my boyfriend for today. He was my friend at the time. So he knew that I was dealing with these issues because then anyway, after school or on Thursdays, if I didn't have class, I would go drink. And sometimes it got so, so bad because now I wasn't only just crying about my dad, but also the boys I had encountered who I lost. Why did they treat me like this? So it was it was a lot of things. And I would always think about it, think about it. My entanglement at the time, I didn't even know he had a, a, a girlfriend until it was too late. I was so far gone into the, the relationship. I loved the man. I was convinced I did. And hearing he had a girlfriend, I was like, you know what? I could just be on the sides you know and every I would settle for any form of love i got even if I was coming second it worked for me because I thought you know what this is as good as as it's ever going to get so that happened and that's why I was even drinking even more because everything just kept piling up and piling up and piling up even you know, when I went to church, church also helped. I shouldn't forget that I, I never used to go to church at first until I think that was 20, must have been 2018 that I started going to, to the church I go to. And they really did help me. So they were helping me deal with home and everything else. And I remember the, the lady at, at church once told me, you can't deal with everything at once. So when something happens, address it. And my issue was always, if something bad happens, maybe I'll stay away from church. And she was like, you you do one bad thing, you stop coming to church. By the time you're coming, you've got so many things in your heart. You are angry, you are bitter, it's difficult. So I always, I was trying to digest the information, but it was too much. And I was really young, I, I guess. So I didn't know how to act at the time. So... I would still drink. So you can imagine this boy who's now my friend. He's looking at me like this girl. What's wrong with her? They're so young. Why are you? Why are you? All oh, this drama. Like, how did this happen to you, Natasha? And you don't even know how to explain to people. to say, look, I'm sensible inside. But there's so many things I've been through that make me look like I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Or maybe I don't even know what I'm doing with my life. So I also started having issues with my friends because now it's like people are judging you. Okay, this one, she just drinks. And you know, there's this notion of loud girls. If we are loud, we don't listen. And I I don't even like it. because Just because we're loud doesn't mean we don't have morals or we don't have principles and whatnot. And then you're looking at your experiences. So even university came with a lot of judgment. Then I got into my first year, second semester, Then I moved into a boarding house. So there was no parents to report to. And then I started drinking and I started going out. I was, that was just my lifestyle. So I was like, no, now I can feel my my, my pain properly because I can just go cry. No one's going to ask me, why are you crying? Because here we exist on our own. So there was that. Then I had my first crush on a boy in university as well. So moving from high school and the other guys I was exposed to because the older they are they it's very easy to relate to them because they know how things should be done now this is a fellow young boy like me a young girl majority of the people around me are young they've lived like children are supposed to live then there's me who's had to deal with things a person my age really shouldn't have to deal with So it was really, really difficult because I also didn't know how to act with the people around me that even I started to seem a bit crazy. Like, "Mm, this girl is not okay. And the biggest thing that really hurt me is how people just assume you just chose to be in that situation or you're super happy about what you're dealing with because it's just as easy as it happened to me, I accept it, I'm moving on now, let's get this thing done. It's not that easy it's painful it takes a lot you need to let things go but I was still in the process at the time so it was crazy and then now you've got pressure at school you have to pass and then you're not passing yeah. <laughs> you. so
0: you know yeah, in third year now congratulations I'm very proud of you so at some point something turned around when did things start turning around and changing <laughs>
1: So ultimately, I had quite a number of friends on our study. But the more we progressed, the smaller the circle became. And then my best friends from high school came into school as well. So I had them. I was living with them, so I'd go back to them. Then I would safe to say I literally had two to four friends in university. Who I can actually call my friends. The rest are just colleagues. So from the two, I had one female who would tell me, "Girl." You can talk to me if if there's anything. Okay, I felt like I could relate with her. She lost her mom and whatnot. So she's someone I could talk to because at least we're not talking about those things. We, We knew how we were hurting. It's just that she didn't lose it like I did. And then I had my other experiences that I was carrying. And then there was this boy. So because I had a crush on him and he was my friend, he was so concerned about what was going on in my life that he didn't think it was right. So... You would always tell me, you know, alcohol is not the solution. Relax, take it easy and whatnot. So I would try I started to change slowly because I was starting to listen to, to what these guys had to say. I was like, okay, fine let me just go and talk to them for not feeling fine. And there was really no judgment with the guy. I could be open about anything and everything. So I told him everything. And there was one person who knew everything about me and they, they didn't judge me or they didn't look at me like I wasn't worth it. They really just said, okay, fine, it's happened. You're still a brilliant person. So let's deal with it and see where we can go. It was very annoying for him as well, but you will always, you know, say, you know what? Yeah, very stubborn, annoying, irritating me. But I do believe you can get this thing done. So slowly now I started. I'm fine. I don't need to drink that much. It's not worth it because I'm just going to wake up with the hangover tomorrow. I won't be productive. So slowly, I started to change that slowly. And even my friends and I would do the same thing because all of us were coming from very hurt places. So when we'd meet, we had nothing nice to say to each other, but so I'll talk to my friends as well. So we we'll put our heads together and say, you know what? I think you're right. We have been labeled things we are not just because we go out. And I think even the growth growing up and coming to certain realization helped us realize that this was not the solution and it's going to have very bad effects on our future helped mold me. To be where I am today, because if not, I was probably going to be out there now and not having this conversation with you.
0: Uh, I like that. I like that. So it's uh, what I'm hearing is that you found a an inner circle that was one very supportive, one that you know wasn't judgmental. And you know, even just your friends all sitting down together and saying that you guys Let's change together. That is so powerful, I think. Um, I think what three things do you think that you have learned over the years? Like, what is that thing? Like, if you looked at 15-year-old Natasha, what is that thing that you wish you could
1: tell her? The first thing I'll tell to 15-year-old Natasha is baby girl love who you are and accept who you are and be proud of who you are. Because if you do not accept yourself and you don't love yourself, you'll end up accepting useless things that are not even worthy of your time, your attention, because you think that they work. So first things first, I self-love is very important. Secondly, I would tell myself to be a bit more open about things going on in my life and also not thinking I'm the only one dealing with those things. And try to be a bit more vocal and not local, like my pastor would say. And I think the third thing I would say is trust the process. Everything happens for a reason. I don't think, again, I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through those things. I don't know how I was going to act if everything happened when I was in university and I didn't meet all those other boys, it would probably be a different story because at least when I got to uni, alcohol wasn't so exciting. Like, Oh my God, let's do this thing. Because I had already experienced it. So I was like, well, it's just alcohol. So we get past it. So I think everything that happens in our life happens for a reason. It's true. And it's only until you attain that growth and you get past it that you learn to appreciate your experiences in your life, provided that you allow them to shape you into a positive person. So
0: what are you seeing for the future? What is, what is your, your vision, your dream? Where are we going to be seeing Natasha in the next five years?
1: In the next five years, and she needs to graduate. She needs to go to Ziali and pass at her first attempt. Hopefully, I am praying. Maybe we'll start practicing. Also, I would like to do or rather go after some of my other dreams, which is, you know, uh, fashion, design, arts, Hopefully, Natasha will write more and maybe you get to hear about Natasha writing. Oh, there's a, there's a point. Hopefully, that will happen. And hopefully, Natasha will also be in a very, very stable relationship and maybe have a mini-me who I will ensure I'll be present for so that she doesn't get to experience things that I did or have no one to talk to because mom is going to shout at me once I say there's this boy. <clears throat> so hopefully Natasha is going to be a very great woman because she's coming for everything they say that she couldn't have.
0: Yes, I love that. I absolutely love it. Listen, we are almost at the end. This time has flown by so quickly. And in the Africana woman community, we have a saying, know your roots, grow your purpose. So I have some quick questions for you that I just want you to answer whatever comes to your mind, okay? So the first question, what are you rooted to?
1: Let me say myself. (laughs) I'll say myself. Tell us why. So I'm rooted to myself because I feel like for the longest time, I I lost myself. I didn't know who I was. So basically what I definitely do go by is I am investing in myself, in my development, and I am one of the most important things that matters to me right now, that anything that affects my peace and my happiness, it needs to go because my motto this year has been, this is 2021 and I shall not be stressed. So I think I am rooted to myself, like I need to, it's very necessary and it's important.
0: Lovely. Second question. How do you nourish your body, your mind, and your spirit?
1: Um, I do two things, or three things, rather. First things first, Jesus Christ, the Bible, prayer, read the Bible. It has answers to almost everything. I didn't know, but it actually does. Secondly, it's music. Music is, it's amazing. It, it, It really, really does help, and it just it brings me to life. The last thing is, honestly, I don't know if this makes sense and answers the question, but I love to, to do nice things for myself. I really like food. I like to go out to new places. That makes me very, very happy, actually. So I think those are the three things that help me nourish all those aspects of my life. I love it. I
0: love it. Okay, so the next question, do you have something that was a weakness that has now become a superpower?
1: I think so. If I caught you right, one thing that really brought me down or my weakness was failure to believe in myself and to just be happy with who I am. You, you can't shake me, you can't stress me with that one because I am Natasha. I have been through what I have been through and I am proud and I love who I am and I love who I'm about to become. So I think that's something that would always bring me down like, okay but this thing has happened so i can't but i got rid of that and i'm like you know what? regardless i can so even till now yes i'm not perfect i'm still trying but regardless we get the stuff done so yeah
0: awesome the last question what do you know for sure
1: no. that there's no going back Ooh, I love that. Oh, Okay, you need to explain that one again. Uh-huh. Honestly speaking, when I look at some of the things I've had to deal with, or the things I have tolerated, accepted, compromised for, I ask myself, how did I even let this thing happen? Or the time I've invested in feeling sorry for myself, in questioning things I can't change, I am not going back to that. If something happens, we move. So the goal is to move forward and we're just moving forward
0: only all of them backwards. Um, Natasha, this has been a fantastic time that I've spent with you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, You know, I I believe that um, your message is in your mess. And you know, sometimes the mess is really hard to go through. And I know that you have been through so much and you've been so um vulnerable in sharing your story and I believe that it's going to bless somebody. Somebody needs to hear this and they will be blessed by everything that you have shared. So I really want to say thank you for just being here and sharing your story. It really does make a difference. And I guess I want you to share, You know, how can people reach out to you if they want to say
1: thank you? How do they get hold? They can just catch me on Instagram. Natasha Lee Kananda Lee is actually my dad's name so you see I've, I've learned to love and accept my mom's. he's my father I love him without him I wouldn't be here so Natasha Lee Kananda is my name on Instagram yes I'm very open to conversation actually I, I don't have a problem with that and also thank you for hosting me this actually even helps me empower myself even more honestly that there's actually someone who's willing to listen and find the story you know, helpful, it, it really does help me such that even when I want to drink the vodka like a mad person, I think you say, Mm-mm. no, I'm setting an example this side. I need to behave and then I move forward. Thank you, my darling. Thank you so
0: much. Uh, thank you. Having listened to Natasha's story, how can you not be moved to shift your approach of creating safe spaces for conversations in your home. Listen, I know that it is uncomfortable. You hold on so tightly to the memories of your child as a baby and to think of them as sexual beings is disturbing. Yet it is life. We spend so much time training up our children to clean up the house and cook and they become better at it because of years of repetition. So, would you be willing to consider that you should also train your children to be able to talk through challenges and not explode, ignore it, or pretend it did not happen? Would you be willing to reinforce self-worth and love so as your children have boundaries on what type of behavior they will and will not tolerate? In fact, instead of them not being able to see the signs, they would be able to spot an abusive partner in the courtship stages, therefore not have to entangle themselves through marriage and spare themselves so much pain and heartbreak. I think African homes have a very strong curriculum for practical skills. However, we also need to develop just as strong a curriculum in soft skills that are age appropriate and develop with time. I was blown away by Natasha's bravery and candidness. I do hope her story blessed you. Please find Natasha on social media at Natasha Lee Kananda to say thank you. Tell her you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast and show her some love. Thank you so much for making us part of your day by listening in. I appreciate you. I also need your help to get the word out about the Africana Woman Podcast. All you have to do is take a screenshot of this episode and post it on your social media stories. Please do tag me at Chulu by Design or at Africana Woman or hashtag Africana Woman. I love to see your feedback. Another way we can get the word out is by you rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really goes a long way in making sure more people actually hear about it. Now, you guys know my playground is Instagram. If you want to chat with me personally, drop me a line over there. Until next week, I want you to remember, know your roots, grow your purpose. This has been a production of Ulendo Creative Media. You can find out more about their services on www.ulendocreative.com.